Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to a special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, the weekly anime podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we have a special guest, Mr. Anime Random, and he is here to talk about the first My Hero Academia movie, My Hero Academia 2 Heroes. Yeah, not just one hero, there are two heroes. And if you look enough, there's actually three heroes that have been here the whole time, but there were only two footprints in the sand. Ooh. <laughs> the, the, the remaining footprints were from all night. <laughs> Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome in to a very special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We are going to be covering a anime movie today with our special guest. Um, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself, that'd be great. Hi, everyone. I am Mr. Anime Random. I have... <laughs> A Twitter account, which I mainly use, and a YouTube channel, as well as a Twitch. Cool. Um, so tell us a little bit uh, about how uh, like you got started doing the anime stuff. So I've always been into anime ever since I was really young, like Toonami days, most of us. Dope. <laughs> so ever since then, I wanted to build an audience and start talking anime with them so it's just yeah kind of snowballed from there were you team during the day or were you team uh toonami after dark with the cowboy bebop crew <laughs> uh, i was during the day so once i was done with school i went right home and watched my two hours or so of uh, anime man dragon ball z was just the world back then <laughs> well yeah, Dragon Ball Z, you had Sailor Moon, you had Yu Yu Hakusho, Rurouni Kenshin. Oh yeah, I forgot about Rurouni Kenshin on yep. there. Blake doesn't know about this because he didn't have Cartoon Network when he was a kid, like a noob. Well, I yeah, my family, we didn't have cable or satellite or anything, so we just had like the, the eight or so basic channels that you got. Uh, but my you. grandmother, we got her <laughs> like cable and satellite when I was in middle school because she's like a big sports fan. And so she got like ESPN and all that shit, but that also came with Cartoon Network. So I would be like, when can I go over to grandma's house? Like immediately after school. <laughs> like go over there and grandma tries to talk to you and you're like, shut up, grandma. I'm here for TV. <laughs> and that's face. <laughs> yeah. That's where you caught like Zoids, New Century Zero and stuff like that. Oh man, Zoids. Zoids man, I tried to, I tried to watch Zoids recently and I was just like, oh, the animation is too bad. Well, which one Nuts. did you watch? Did you watch the Chaotic Century, or did you watch the... Um, I forget which the other one is. There's one Whichever where, one the new one, uh, or whichever one the old one was, is the one I watched. There's one where they're doing battles that are sanctioned, and it's just teams of people that are just battling each other, and then there's the ones that... It's kind of sort of like a Gundam, where they're just fighting against each other, and there's different events that happen. Yeah, yeah. The, I, the I watched one, the very first that, one. That's New Century Zero, I think. Isn't that the name? I of think that? that's New Century big... Zero. I think so. And that has Liger Zero, the the big white lion that looks like Solgaleo, and it changes into three different forms. Yep. It. It's great. Yeah, I wonder where they got the idea for Solgaleo. <laughs> I, I named mine Liger Zero when I caught one, so there you go. <laughs> cool. I know where the fuck um, they got that name? <laughs> <laughs> so. uh 
Uh, before we get started, just uh, we're we're gonna do a, like a brief synopsis of the movie that we're gonna be covering this week. It's gonna be a, a newer movie, um, so uh, just a heads up. There's a spoiler warning. Um, we if you haven't seen this movie yet, uh, because it's a uh, uh, it just came out, I think 2018. Um, go out and see it if you want to. If you want to just get like a primer on it, um, stick with us and we'll we'll go through like the whole thing. Um, so what are we covering this week, Blake? This week, we are covering My Hero Academia Two Heroes, which is mm-hmm. the first feature film uh, My Hero Academia anime movie, and uh, it's pretty cool. So, where did every did every has everybody gotten caught up with My Hero? Or I'm not. Um, like, I have watched the first few episodes of season four, but I am not caught up. Although I think I'm... this movie came out in between three and four. So, and honestly, you don't really need a lot of continuity anyway. It actually takes place before some events in season three. Well, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I'm sure you guys see it, but none of the audience are going to see it, but my profile picture is my hair academia picture. So I, I would <laughs> hope that I'm caught up, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I, I explained to Blake the other day that like, I, I, I feel myself a lot of times becoming like a, a, a much, a, a much anime addict uh, with my hero academia where I'm like, is it Saturday? Is it Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> well it's real good um yeah so okay so the movie uh so just a refresher anime movies are traditionally semi-canonical or not really canonical like they they could fit in canon but they they really don't need to and they frequently aren't mentioned because they are generally original stories that were made for that movie and they're not from the source material and that is the case with my hero academia two heroes And so what we're going to do, we're going to talk about what it's like in very brief, non-spoilery terms. We're going to give a very brief, non-spoilery review of it. And then we are going to talk about it in detailed synopsis and review terms that will have spoilers in them. So if you don't want spoilers, you can jump off. But uh, if you don't want spoilers so that you know what's going on, um, My Hero Academia 2 Heroes has uh, Deku and All Might going to a special island where people make different tools and stuff for Hero Society. It turns out that a lot of his classmates have found their ways there through various means. They meet some characters that are connected to All Might through his history as a young hero in training before he became the symbol of peace. And then some villains attack and they have to deal with it. That's pretty much what goes on. And uh, there are some twists and turns, but that's the overall premise. And uh, my short non-spoiler review is that I enjoyed it, but... uh, I think the show is so good that it actually comes at the expense of the movie a bit. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Well, for me, I personally enjoyed the movie. Now, I also watched Heroes Rising as well, which is the newest movie that came out. But comparing the two, I did like how they gave you just a little bit more of each of the characters. Mm. So you have just more personality traits to them, not too, too much of background because you get Mm. that through the manga and the anime, but with the movies, you just get more of the, the off the cuff kind of things, the things that are just the little bit of extra details with each of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find myself, I found myself really, really enjoying this movie. Um, and it was, it was one of those cases like, 
um, that, that I had with um, like when I watch the Naruto movies, I don't always enjoy the plot that is happening around the, like the movie as it's telling it forward in just because like, a lot of times with Naruto, it's it's all about like the the fight scene and then the massively in depth plot line, and it doesn't have those inside the Naruto movies. What's great about My Hero is that you're really there for how the characters' relationships are evolving. Like, yeah, there's a storyline that's moving it forward, but as long as you know that Deku is basically just learning and in school, you're fine, and you can kind of pick him up and drop him anywhere, kind of like a like a uh, Cowboy Bebop style of just like they're a great cast of characters so you can just kind of throw them into a bottle episode and make it great. That is a really interesting perspective and I, I somewhat disagree with you on the plot of the show but I don't want to get into that in the non-spoiler section but I will say that I, I agree I think this is sort of reminiscent of a Cowboy Bebop where it's like okay these characters are going to do an episode about this now um, and I think that 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 works really well because of the sort of overall premise of the series, my hero academia that they were able to, to shove that into the movie format here. So I think uh, probably we're going to start spoiling things now, right? Yeah. So let's start at the, the very beginning of the movie, um, which uh, drops you smack dab in the past. (laughs) In the past. Yeah, there's uh, there's some some bad shit happening, and then there's some heroes that come along, uh, and one of them looks awfully familiar, although you can see his eyes, which is atypical, and uh, that character is a young-looking All Might, and he is with this dude named David, and uh, David, we will come to find, is like uh, more on the technical support side of the hero universe and has taken a liking to all might and is making, we find out he makes the suits for him, which I didn't think were that technical, but uh, I guess they are. Yeah. I like, uh, I like big giant frog monster guy and rocket arm dude. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And also black lightning guy and also bull woman. (laughs) Yeah. Bull woman uh... was great. There were there were some very unique and interesting characters that they threw right in there. Yeah, uh, I was like, I was like, I want to watch the, I want to watch the capers uh, of Black Lightning and Bull Woman. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, I thought that was Mount Lady for a second, and then I was like, no, it's not. And then she turned into a bull. Nah. And I was like, it's definitely not. No, no definitely <laughs> not. No. <laughs> yeah, I I find it so interesting that there's there's just just. A metric ton of people that can just like turn into something really quick that is big and strong um and when you see characters that are not that but instead they're just like i can turn my arms into rocket launchers and shoot a basically infinite rockets that's like a really cool character that we haven't seen since the, and the movie exclusive yeah. that hot hot movie goodness that gets you to yeah. buy those fucking tickets oh yeah yeah or buy it on Amazon like like I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the, the the intro with the the whole movie was was pretty good and you know again, you know going back to the points about you know developing the characters just that little bit more, you know, you kind of see how All Might got his uh, I'm I'm trying to think of his credo 
that's probably the best uh, wording because that's not yeah. something that he developed immediately. It was over time you saw it throughout the movie of, of his credo of, you know, helping everybody, helping everybody with a smile. And, you know, it's a hero's job to, you know, jump into all these scenarios. And, you know, so it was really cool to see kind of the whole backstory of of All Might. Yeah, and I think uh, I think like I was saying in the non-spoiler section, you know, anime movies they tend to in the in a similar way to filler arcs, they tend to try and create a story that is self-contained and that honestly doesn't have any major lasting consequences or important new bits of information or revelations or anything like that. And this movie is you know, I, I guess you could say technically filler in the way that other anime movies are in that this story is unique to the film uh, and not from the source material manga. But uh, if, if there is something canonical, it's All Might's history. And it's my understanding that the the writer of the anime pretty much was like, oh, here's a good opportunity to like throw that in. That's not necessarily going to find its way into the manga series. So you could make the argument that this has a little bit more canonical basis than the average anime movie. And uh, and I would say that as much as there is a plot and as much as it has sort of tie-ins to the series as a whole, it is this, this backstory with All Might, where he came from, and what that means for where the world is going. Yeah, I found myself taking from this very first moment of the movie, like, we're going to stick on here for just forever, apparently. Um, but uh, <laughs> we got time. I also wanted to go to, like, the American uh, hero school after this. Um, I was like, I want to know where this is. It's it's much like when you're reading, like, uh, like, the Harry Potter series, and then you're introduced to, like, the fact that there are other schools as well, and you're like, oh, show me those. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also that that, that uh, My Hero Academia of Vigilantes, which I have not read any of, and I don't really know anything about. But it's like this uh, side story in the My Hero Academia universe, but it's still set, I believe, in Japan uh, and kind of close enough to what's going on in the main series. Um, whereas, like, there's a whole world out there of heroes and hero schools that we could be exploring. Like, let's have a side series about that. Cool. So, uh, so after that, we're, uh, we're going to get on a plane. Yeah. So, uh, we will, um, we're going to catch up with Deku and, um, he is flying on a plane with All Might. They are going to a place called I Island. And like I said, in the, uh, non-spoiler section, I Island is, uh, pretty much a paradise for people making gear for heroes it's a man-made island that actually has the ability to move and that allows it to remain uh, remain more more defended against villain attacks. Um, so there, there's lots of tight security. You have to get like a pass to go to the island and um, and it is not always in the same place so you can't just like launch attacks on it if you're a villain group or if you have ill intentions and so um, they're going to this island because there's this big expo festival thing of like this year's um, hot new items and All Might has some tickets and he is taking uh, Deku with him yeah how did, how did um, like 
I know that they're going to get onto this island like pretty quickly, but does it does it ever explain how the the villain group who's introduced like right after this got onto the island at all? Did they ever explain that? No. Um I don't think they ever did. Um and in watching the movie, I actually watched it twice. But in watching the movie, I believe and this is just a theory, I don't think it was explained anywhere that there were people that were recruited and I'm sure that because of the passes and everything that were given out like the you have the main people that were invited and then the plus one like a you know getting an extra ticket I'm sure that there was mm-hmm. a way of collecting those tickets at least enough to get the the people that were going to do that the operation onto the island yeah, yeah, it, that kind of brings up a confusion that I had with that as well. Like, well, okay, you think so about- they're talking about how secure this island is, Blake. You're talking about how secure this island is, right? And how it's incredibly difficult to get onto this island because it's, like, completely sequestered for these people. And yet, everybody's here. And also, like, it's apparently super easy to just drop in if you're a bunch of menacing-looking guys covered in scars. Well, okay, so you it's true everybody is here. That is accurate, and that will be the next section of plot. But before we get there, uh, there is a revelation that I don't think we'll hit yet, just for the uh, dramatic timing of it. But there's a revelation near the end of who is behind all of this. And I think that helps to explain how these people got to the island undetected. But you also have to think this is happening during the expo, so there is a a large influx of people. And so as we will see in the next section of story, I think there is a major scene before the next section of story. But what we're going to basically see is that all of the Class 1A students have made it to the island through some means or another. Some of them make it to the island and then don't participate in the plot, and you like get cutaways <laughs> to them hanging out in their hotel rooms, and you're like, did they need to be here at all? Like, Just fan service, uh, just giving them extra. Yeah, I know. absolutely. I they're like, like, yeah, they're in this movie, shut up. Yeah, like, ta- I can never remember the name of the character. What's the name of the character that shoots tape out of his arms? <laughs> uh, that's uh, Seto. Yeah. Oh man, I love that character. And when they 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 cut away to the hotel room, and they were like, "Why can't we watch TV?" I was like, "Okay, they're gonna get out, and they're gonna go into the fight." And then they didn't. And I was, I like, was waiting oh, for that too. What is this? So I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was the same way. I was like, "All right, come on, Frappy, like one of my favorite characters. Like, when are you gonna come out?" And it was like, never did. I was like, "All right, screw me then. All right, fine." Yeah, that's, that's I, cool. actually, also, since you have also, seen. The second movie, I'm assuming she has a bigger role in that because she's a huge fan oh, favorite. She, she, so did you see the, the, the second movie yet? No, I couldn't no. find it. All right, so the second movie, I actually went to the theaters and it was really, really good. In the before times. So <laughs> this was not really spoiling anything, just to, even though we did a spoiler alert, so because we're talking about now the new, new movie, um, every single character in class 1a that's a student uh, so I'll, I'll specifically say student has a role in the movie plot so Interesting. all of even them, sue storm so what's that even even <laughs> sue storm yeah so so like each character you get to see their power every single one of them and some characters, obviously, you'll see more airtime than others, but 
the fan favorites, so like Hiroshima and Bakugo and, you know, all of those different characters, you're going to see more than, you know, the other characters. But you do see every single one. Okay. Yeah. Um, not just so, watching TV in a hotel room. That's yeah, good. not just... It's, <laughs> it's more than that. Yes, definitely more yeah. than that. So, the other thing that got me, just a, a brief tangent that really upset me, was they had a, uh, they had a, like, a brief moment where they had this character introduced walking across, which is just a giant Godzilla that's, like, the hero Godzilla, or whatever. <laughs> I think it's Godzilla. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, by the like end that. of the movie, I was like, hold on, there's a massive, gigantic fight, and Godzilla hasn't jumped into this yet? He's just that chilling. He's, he's chilling on a building, that's all. Yeah, that is something I did not think of, and now I am supremely depressed. Uh, <laughs> shit. Shoot him with your laser breath, Godzilla. Well, it's, you know, and, you know, th- we're going to find out that the heroes are tied up and then that th- that's why they're not involved. But, uh, but yes, he should have been untied also and joined. I was kind of <laughs> expecting like a, a big damn heroes influx of like all of the movie specific professional heroes that you're going to kind of get one and done power moments. Like I was expecting this like big barrage at the end of all the big professional heroes, but that does not happen. Well, so maybe, guess- yeah. maybe just maybe. Because I'll I'll help you out a little bit with this. Maybe Godzilla or whatever his name was, he's kind of like a Hulk or a um, like Mount Lady or something like that, where he has like a human normal sized form, and then he would transform into the the big massive form that we saw him kind of walking around. And mm-hmm. maybe he's one of those party guests that's like tied up in his yeah. regular form. Oh yeah, that it's makes more sense. Like trapped in trapped in uh, electric blue magic powers, right? Yeah. And, you know, or he could be just out and about, just maybe drinking a beer or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, or yeah. destroying Tokyo. tomato tomato. <laughs> he could be in his hotel room trying to watch fucking TV, but you know they're they they get locked in, uh, so he can't. He can't transform because then it would break the hotel. Maybe and it might kill people, and so it's a maybe it's a that was the tr- maybe that was the true plot. Like that whole thing with like wrapping up the heroes and trying to you know get all those different things. You know whatever. I'm trying not to really spoil much, but you know maybe <laughs> that was for Godzilla to be you know a villain and go out to Tokyo. Like there you go. Yeah, all fan oh, fiction writers that are listening, it. please uh, write us a story about what Godzilla was doing during the plot of two heroes and send it to us. Uh, Or even just fan art of it, please. Yeah, that's true. Um, So we jumped way the hell ahead. So, okay. So Deku and all might get to the Island. They meet this guy named David, who we talked about in the intro. They're also going to happen upon his, uh, his daughter, Melissa. And she is also an aspiring um, support artist. Is that what the scientist heroes yeah, she's also getting around on apparently the the least helpful way of traveling, which is just a um like a a super strange electric pogo stick that can apparently just turn into a watch if she wants it to. It's a proto Segway. Segways have wheels, Blake. Or I guess it's a pogo segway. <laughs> proto pogo segway. 
Look, I don't know if you've ever tried to. I don't know if you've ever tried to play on a pogo stick, but it never ends well. If I've ever tried to what? Look, pogo sticks are dangerous. I'm just saying. That said, if you don't know, I am an excellent Segway writer. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Anyways, um, so the other character that we're going to meet is uh, the assistant of David. Um, he's going to be this guy that's basically told to leave the room. And then when he doesn't leave the room, they're like, seriously, leave the room. <laughs> yeah, we meant you too, fucker. Yeah. He's very, uh, he's got I, real I, Igor energy. <laughs> Yeah, did anybody else uh, immediately go, yeah, there's he's he's going to be a bad guy? <laughs> uh to an extent I did. Now, I was th- me watching and have watched a lot of anime. It's always for the most part the same kind of plot, I'm going to call it, where you you get introduced to this character that's like never existed before and they happen to have like a close uh relationship with some other main character characters and they turn out oh surprise they're evil and it's like Mm -hmm. you know it's always that same kind of thing that always happens there's no like m light shamanon kind of uh twist to it you know (laughs) it was the trees it was the (laughs) plants Uh, <laughs> what's the happening exactly. ma'am no <laughs> I just <laughs> oh man he's so Marky Mark is really really stretching his wings in that movie it's just so stupid he is a he's a very talented actor who absolutely phones it in sometimes <laughs> some movies he's just like give me the money and I, I will do yeah. the, the minimum yeah so um uh he's gonna he's gonna send deku away with his daughter um his daughter is gonna show deku around town which is pretty fun um there's also uh did anybody else catch that there's just a random building in the distance that just says bird very big on the outside of it i wrote that down it's just like what is this store for the big bird <laughs> yeah yeah uh, we put birds I, on things <laughs> i th- yeah i think what the whole design in the background was when she is talking one-on-one with Deku and just starting to give him a full tour of the whole area, she's explaining that pretty much it's a city where there's practically anything that you can think of. So my Mm. thought was it was just these different made-up stores. Like, it could be either a food store or it could be, you know, like a maybe a clothing store or something like, you know, just kind of regular stores that you would find just in a big city. Yeah. If you put a bunch of nerds on an Island, they're going to make weird stuff. You guys. Yeah. That's yeah they, they're, they're definitely <laughs> going to make some weird uh, stores. Yeah. Superhero obsessed scientist Island is not probably the most sane place to visit. <laughs> okay. So the other thing that's happening at the same time is that, uh, uh, all might is going to, reveal that his email that he had sent was uh less dire than the actual situation which i'm like you didn't call him you sent an email <laughs> hope you had a vpn or some shit like come on man <laughs> yeah for real this is supposed to be like the best kept secret and <laughs> you're like always shooting it out via emails like you're just like one time i he know just i sent it to reply all 
<laughs> yeah, I just sent it to Packer at. Oh, I sent it to packaging at Thunder Mifflin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, All Might is going to reveal that uh, things are getting way, way worse. Um, also, uh, as somebody who is a, a a much more avid reader and watcher of My Hero than I am, um, why does uh, he emit steam before he like? goes in and out of his All Might form. So with that, um, it's not 100% explained, but it says kind of sum it up. Think of it like a car starting or stopping where you kick the engine up and there's a little bit of kind of a puff of smoke that comes out of the exhaust to kind Mm -hmm. of get things going. And then when it's done, then there's like that residual smoke and, um, you know, fluid like the water and everything that that comes out of it. So it's kind of similar to that. So it's like it's like the the later gears that Luffy goes into when he in he like powers up in uh, One Piece. Right, right. It's very similar to that where it's it's. Another way of the animation and the, the manga too, to kind of say, hey, not only can you notice that his body changed from the skinny mini little thing to, you know, big muscles and different face appearance and whatnot, but now you know that he's pretty much fully powered, ready to go, or he's going to lose his power. You know, and yeah. go back to his reg his regular form or his lesser form or whatever whatever form you want to call it. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's not I do like Deku lighting up when he uses his power, but they, you know, they have the same quirk, but they manifest it in really different ways. Yeah, I I I thought about that as well. Where it's just like I I always kind of wondered if it was if it was Deku like actually emitting you know, the, the power outside of his body, like a, a green lightning or something. And oh, man. Uh, all might did that as well, but he was able to contain it to just his eyes. Cause his eyes do glow green as he like streaks across things. So I was like, is that, is that a thing? I never really knew. See, I, I, I really don't want to like spoil anything for you guys. Especially okay. so this not, not like way, way, way <laughs> caught up. All, all I'm going to say is this, and I'm going to leave it kind of like a mystery type of thing, so that way it's not fully spoiling anything, okay? Just to be fair to you guys and anybody listening, so... Um, there is something that Deku says at, like, the beginning of the anime and the manga. I'm talking, like, the very beginning, like, chapter 1-2, episode 1-2, so that's not really spoiling much. Where he says that he's quirkless. Well, there's might be some doubt to that statement, possibly. Oh shit, man! Um, this is, this so is dope. <laughs> again, I'm not gonna say that there is or isn't something that does happen, but um, there is actually a person that's gonna be revealed in season five. That we thought either didn't exist or was just kind of written away, uh, and that might explain some stuff. It's just oh god! All right, fuck. So, oh god. but <laughs> anyway, step away. <laughs> but anyway, that's there. There, there's a reason why Deku, 
you know, kind of does things similar to All Might with his powers, but differently too. Okay. Oh man, I'm so I am so. Oh man. Anyways, the show's um, very yeah. okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'm hitting. I'm hitting the like the like. I need to. Uh, I need to spend some like four quality hours reading a reading a manga tonight. Um, yeah, uh, eject button, but uh, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, non-sponsored um, ad is that uh, you can read that on Shonen Jump, and it's not that expensive. And I think they do a free thirty day trial, which is great for quarantine. So. Anyways, yeah. on the island, yeah. <laughs> Deku and Melissa are going around. Uh, they also have this like brief moment where she's like, "What do I call you?" Because he's, you know, his real name is Izuku, but uh, his nickname that he has taken on as a badge of pride slash his hero name is Deku, and he tells her to call him that. So that was cute because I kind of forgot that that was his hero name. And she was like, "What's your hero name?" And I was like, "He doesn't have one, right?" And he was like, "Deku." Like, oh, oh yeah. My my um, hero so name is around. never put on my hood, guy. <laughs> but i have these bunny ears uh, yes. but he's they're gonna go around and they're going to happen upon pretty much all of uh deku's classmates oh yeah like some of them are uh competing inside of this competition to see who can destroy robots fast enough um other others of them are just hanging out and having a good time because their their parents are rich and got invited to the well, island and right. some of them are taking a part-time job waiting. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of you you could group them into all the different categories. So you have the group that were invited because of, you know, being rich or having rich parents or whatever. So that's Ida and Momo and Uraha. Well, Ida, I, Ida and, I don't know if he's rich, but he was invited because his family is a well-known superhero family. Well, he mm-hmm. there it's it's said in like the manga and the anime that he does have a lot of wealth and his family has a lot of wealth. Okay. Yeah. The, I like mean, how shiny Momo his is more, are. Momo <laughs> is very more outright that she is rich. I mean, when yeah, that's a major part house. of her character. But you know, also, go ahead. Alita, have you ever have you ever thought about like it, it's it's like the Hulk problem. That whole family, how many pairs of pants do they go through a year? Like, sure just lot. wear shorts. Just I'm, wear shorts. <laughs> I'm sure a lot. I'm sure they go through a lot. Yeah, so you, you have you have those characters. And, and uh, Jiro, I guess you could put her into the mix, because she got kind of an invite from. Then you have kind there of the also, group. Bakugo got an invite because he won the sports festival. Right. And, oh yeah, that's and, right. And Kirishima got in because of Bakugo, and then right, you just... have then you have the two. I'm gonna say semi perv and probably the most perverted person ever, who got <laughs> jobs so that they could just kind of gawk at girls all day long. And, yeah, uh, one and... of these is your profile picture on this chat. Of course. So. <laughs> hey, Denki. Hey, he, he's a man. <laughs> Yeah, so. one of my favorite things about his quirk is that he gets he gets uh, brain fried when he uses it too much, which is just such a like really interesting way to play his quirk. Like this is the reason why he is not insanely overpowered is that eventually yeah, he will just burn himself fries out. Fries his brain, literally. Just, it's just, that good yeah. anime shit where there are weird consequences for being too strong that you don't oh, always yeah. get in like superhero comics in America. Yeah, I can never remember his name. What's the the name of the guy who has the uh, the sticky balls attached to his head? That's uh, 
uh, Mineta. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so like in one part, a part of this, he's gonna just be uh, uh, like obsessively ripping them off and throwing them to stop some things that they're trying to fight against later on. And eventually, it cuts back to him, and he's just bleeding from the head. And I was like, oh god. Yep. <laughs> yep. Which Over I had forgotten, but is an established consequence of his power. All of really? All I don't of think have... I remember that. Yeah. You know you know what? Actually, in thinking about this movie and just remembering all of the characters that you see, even if they're seen for like maybe a minute or two, you there's actually a few that you're missing. That you don't even hmm. see like at all. Well there's the, what is there? Fifteen uh, students in class one A? There's twenty. Twenty. Right, and huh. I don't think all of them are in there. Well, is like the naval laser guy? Does he show up? I don't think. No. He, I, see, he's one of them that I, and I don't think uh, Ojiro is in there either. No, he's not. Is that the one with uh, Dark Shadow? No, that's the one with the no, tail. No, that's uh, Tokoyami is uh, is Dark Shadow. Yeah, and then there's uh, the random guy that can speak to animals that never gets right. his limelight. Uh, I forget his name, honestly. Yeah, well, I yeah. saw Sugar Rush hanging out in the. Uh, and Sh- and in Sugar the Rush hotel. is there, though. Yeah, yeah he's Sugar just Rush is there. So. He's with Sarah. Yeah, but I love just, Sugar Rush. That's a great power. Yeah, it's also just like it's it's one of those one of those powers that oh man, I I want to talk about something that's happened recently inside of the anime, and I'm not going to talk about it because there's another character who has a great drawback, but I'm not going to talk about it anyways. Yeah, um, only like two so, episodes into season four, so you can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't. I I've watched it already, but yeah, don't don't spoil it for him because it's, it's yeah. definitely good. It's so cool. Good. So <laughs> yeah, they're all gonna get together and uh, decide that they're gonna go together as a a group tonight. Um, to to go to this big banquet that's happening. Um, after uh, annoying each other and having some fun school shenanigan times. Um, the other There's big also an obstacle course that's, that's happening. Fun. Yeah. The, uh, the other really important thing that is happening is that Deku gets a new gauntlet thing that is oh, yeah. exclusive to this movie. Uh, yeah. So uh, Melissa is an aspiring inventor and she has created something uh, that she actually intended for All Might, I believe. And it is mm-hmm. essentially as a gauntlet, it will um, help to. Uh, channel or contain or something basically all might will be able to unleash his full power with no blowback on himself because the gauntlet will absorb or or offload that blowback blowback and as we know deku especially in the season two going into season three ish or so range that this movie seems to take place in has a lot of self-injury happening because he is exerting himself and so this gauntlet is anti-self-injury I want to. Yeah. I want to ask you guys this because I thought this was a very interesting point talking about this gauntlet. Right during the whole entire time, All Might keeps saying to Deku, "Like, don't say anything. You know, you got to keep everything under wraps, and you know how you have my power and whatnot." And there's certain times where they're trying to figure out about like why is All Might not as powerful as he once was. And he's trying to say, like, you know, he he wants to say, like, I gave it up, but he doesn't want to say it at the same time. And then, you know, with Melissa, 
you know, giving him the gauntlet, I found that very weird how she kind of knew what his power was. Mm-hmm. And she said that she created it for All Might, but then at the same time, it never kind of clicked with her. Like, well, why do you have the same kind of power? Kind of like yeah. with Todoroki saying, you know, All Might's uh, All Might's a love child. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think the I, I think the only time because... she. Oh, sorry. I was, I was going to say I glossed over that because it comes up a few times in the series itself, right. where there people will note that he has really similar powers to All Might, and for some people mm-hmm. this breeds suspicion, but for some others they're just like, oh, he must have a really similar quirk. Yeah, I think they I think they hand waved it off at in the movie with a single line, which was at one point she says, "Your power looks very powerful while watching on the obstacle course, but it looks like you're holding back." Um, and so that's the only thing that I can think that she, she noticed that because she also looks down at his hands and they're like covered in scars, which I was like, that's kind of presumptuous to think that like the reason that you have scars on somebody is because of their power and not because maybe they had a baking incident gone wrong. (laughs) True. True. Yeah, well, yeah. those rampant baking incidents that are just the scourge of Japan, it makes so much sense. Look, Blake and I have a good friend named Grant, and his arms are covered in burn marks. Uh, he is a chef, and it is just like it is just like a war zone all over his arms from all of the burn marks. Yeah. Bur- burns and cuts, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty shocking the first time you see it, then you're like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when he was like, hey guys, I'm not going to be able to hang out. I'm at the hospital because I dropped a giant bowl or a giant pot of boiling water onto myself and burned my arm and it was just horrific he's a good guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice anyways um, okay uh, so what we're saying here is don't be a chef or you'll get horribly mangled anyways yeah. uh, continue blake <laughs> don't be a lawyer it's the best way to ruin your life uh okay so yeah. um the the so okay all the heroes are there many of the hero students will create this plan that they will meet up later. And uh, there's a a big event that's essentially kicking off this big expo that's taking place on the island. Um, And I think we see cutaways to the villains that we have seen teased. Uh, Basically, there have been a few characters that are like, what's great about Island is that no villains can get here ever. And then it'll like cut away to the villains being like, we're here and we're (laughs) about to enact our plan and that that kind of thing. Uh, which I think is actually pretty well done. Like they they weave it in. It, they do the timing really well, so it it's, helps to. It, it's like um, what should we call? I'm trying to think of the movie um, where they're on like Takanatsu Tower. It's a real life movie. What is it? Die Hard. Or oh yeah, Die Hard Plaza. Takomi yeah. Plaza. You know, it's very I only similar. Know that where... Because of Brooklyn Nine Nine, I have not actually. I seen also was Die Hard. about to just say that I was like, I've seen <laughs> Die Hard, but so, I was like, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I get way more Die Hard out of Brooklyn Nine Nine than I ever did out of Die Hard. <laughs> All of a sudden, it was like you saw the villains in there throughout the the whole place, and then you know, the, there was the one guy who was like the hacker. And, you know, he's trying to get into all the different systems and stuff. He's getting himself all ready. And then there was, like, the guys in the movie, in the My Academia movie, that were at the control setup, the the computer. Mm-hmm. 
and they were like starting to go through the whole system and stuff too so it's kind of like a parallel between that movie and my hero you know that makes sense yeah they have the master Uh, hacker and also knife arms the guy with knife arms (laughs) (laughs) right yeah they are in uh, a big ass tower and this is going to be the opening banquet for the the expo and so there are all these big name superheroes that have come to this banquet, including All Might, and they are there, and they are already giving speeches and stuff. Which to me says students are late, but maybe this is just like a, a VIPs only event that happens before the like big event happens that they're going to. Um, mm-hmm. But you you kind of see Deku meeting up with his friends, except for Bakugo and Kirishima, who are lost as hell. Well, it's Kirishima's fault. Uh, (laughs) as it always is yeah and then uh he we're gonna see in the uh in the superhero banquet the villains are gonna make themselves known and the hacker of their group has hacked into the super high-tech security system that blankets the entire island causing it to go into lockdown so all of the buildings are going to have steel shades pulled down over their entrances and exits, and the little robot guards are going to turn on all of the good guys and start wrapping them up in chains. And there's also, like, blue laser tape that comes out of the floor and captures all the superheroes in the room so that they can't get out. And yeah, and and only important to uh, to Ciro up inside of the hotel room, uh, he can no longer watch TV, and he cannot get onto his phone because his phone is shut off now. <laughs> Yeah. And no internet, no internet either. Right, there's yeah, like a damper awful. field it's or like, something. It's like it's like you're trapped in a hotel room with or, this one guy that I guess you're good friends with, but it's at the same time it's like I can't do anything in here anymore. Or or was it um Mina who said no internet and no TV? Wasn't it wasn't it Mina who said that? Mm. I think she was so. like, Oh, there's no there's no internet and there's no TV. Alright, let's play a card game instead. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and she held up Uno specifically, and I was like, "What is this product placement?" <laughs> or no, 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 Mina, Mina didn't offer the card game. It was uh, Sue Storm. Invisible Girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sue <So>. Storm. Nineteen <laughs> sixty Sue Storm before she gets awesome. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so the other thing that is going to be happening uh, at the same time um, is that the the characters that are are not there yet are are going to um, ironically be coming in not from down below at all, but instead from up above to see what's going on. I was like, why is this banquet hall in the basement? Yeah, they're in a big ass tower, and just the mechanics of like where the characters have entered to this building are not completely clear. But yeah, Deku is going to get on, onto some sort of skylight that allows him to look down and see All Might in the eye. And um, what's the earjack girl's name? Jiro. Yeah, Jiro, she's going to use her earjack powers to listen in on what's going on with the, um, the villains and. Deku is going to try and do some meaningful eye contact with All Might to let him know their plan, which kind of doesn't work, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because All Might's tied up and there's nothing he can do. Yeah, and yeah, and Deku is—I I love his character. He's not my favorite among the whole series. He's definitely you know up there as you know a favorite character, but he's super super smart and. It's not mentioned 
too much. Like his his strategies in very stressful times are on peak. Uh, you know, if you notice any of those different scenarios, and when you guys watch the the second movie, you'll notice it's the same exact thing that he does. Where, you know, all of a sudden he's thinking, all right, you know, all might's tied up. I got to communicate with him. Oh, let's use Jiro. We're going to communicate. Like, he just thinks of that, like, right away. Like, yeah. He, I, it's because so he has that actually... encyclopedic knowledge of what all of his friends' powers are and most powers inside of their universe are because he obsessively watches other, uh, like, heroes out in the world and reads all about them all yeah, the time. Yeah, his, his right. superpower is that he is a big-ass fanboy and he knows everything about everything and can recall <laughs> it at a moment's notice. But Hold it's on, funny, wait, wait, I was listening wait, wait. to a I was listening to wait, wait, a TED Radio episode. Have we not episode. talked about this yet? The TED. Hold on, really quick. By the way, did anybody else notice that uh, when he was talking about uh, 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 All Might suits originally in the start of the movie, he referred to them as different ages of comics. Yeah, it was different great. ages of what? Of comics. comics. The, he, oh, the Golden yes. Age, the Silver Age, yes. uh, Bronze Age, and Modern Age. I think were the four. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, oh, if you man. don't know, I love that. those are common references to uh, American comic book eras for superhero comics. So the the golden ages, like the '40s, when Batman and Superman and action comics and all that stuff were kind of big, and then the yeah. Silver Age is uh, about the '60s when Marvel comes in, and then the Bronze Age is, I think, '70s or '80s somewhere around there, and then the Modern Age. I don't know when it started exactly, but it is uh, relatively self-explanatory as far as being right. up to now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so back to your nerdy point, Deku, about Ted Radio Hour. Ugh. Oh, yeah. So I was listening to this episode <laughs> of, of Ted Radio Hour, and uh, there was a story on the one I was listening to where the guy was talking about, like, he had planned ahead for what he would do if he got into a car accident. And so when he got into a car accident, he didn't have to think about it. And, and basically, the point was. He was suggesting that people, uh, when they get into stressful situations, um, the way that your body reacts to them can make it can put you in kind of a haze and make it hard to think. And and you just start reacting and it really kind of regresses you to that instinctual animal level. But if you Hmm. take the time to sort of like think it through and make a plan before something happens, then when something does happen, you're more likely to follow that plan because you don't have to think about it. And Deku is that shit. Like he has just thought about how all these powers could be used in different scenarios and he can come up with it on the fly at a moment's notice. Yeah. Except for any time he is being confronted, uh, by Bakugo. (laughs) Cause like it flusters him every time because his, uh, the deep love that he has in his heart (laughs) or, or, or when you have one of his crushes, like right nearby too. Yeah, it, Melissa even being co- close at all to Deku at the start, he's just like immediately like, I can't talk, I can't do anything, put my hands to the side. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has he's a such god, a it's a girl kind of syndrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so. they're going to uh to traverse some stairs uh, to try to get up to the very top of the tower because Melissa has told them that that is where the control panel is. Um, And on their way, they're going to run into some problems. Yeah, specifically two villains. And 
they are all going to crowd. They're in like a sort of jungle simulation room. Uh, Mm-hmm. That sounds weird. It's just you know, if you've been to a hotel and they've got like a like a section that's like m- mimicking the out of doors, it's one of those, I, or maybe it's I like think a they call that like a, gar- a garden simulator or something like that. Something yeah, like, or whatever. maybe a greenhouse or something like that. But so they're they're in there and they are crouching behind some plants and they're like, "Fuck, there are these guards and we need we need to get past them." And the best strategy because we don't know what they can do, we don't know how dangerous they are, and we don't know how much time they can make us waste, is that we need to remain incognito and come up with a plan of how we're going to get over there. And they're all kind of like, okay, well, well, we could, we could try this and maybe so-and-so could be like a, a decoy. And is that worth it? And stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you just hear a character yelling from across the room and it is Bakugo yeah. and he is lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they're like, do you know, uh, why are you up here? And Bakugo's just like, I'm lost. We're lost. It's his problem. I don't know what we're doing. And so the two different villains, I don't know their names, but let's refer to them as Purple Hulk and also a giraffe neck guy with fish hands. Uh, yeah, we could. <laughs> that's his Christian name. Yeah. Yeah. That's he was he was given that at birth. Anyways. What I love um, about this is that the pretend we are lost is a pretty common we need to distract or incapacitate the guards without getting into a fight trope. And Bakugo is doing it for real. And it's a pretty fun trope inversion. And I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it so much when they get into the actual battle itself. Um, as soon as it's, as soon as it starts to go off the rails at all, um, they just threaten them just a little bit. Um, he immediately is just like, okay, then I'm just going to blow you into smithereens. Okay, that's what's happening. Cool. <laughs> also, very Purple Hulk brand. is going to Hulk out of his clothes for real. And I'm like, yes, this is what actually should happen when you Hulk out of your clothes. You're out of them. This Is, is there a Purple Hulk? I know there's Gray Hulk and I know there's Red Hulk and obviously regular old Green Hulk. Is there a purple one? What color is She-Hulk? Is she, she just is green? green, but there's also a red She-Hulk. There's also red Hulk. Purple Purple Hulk is uh, Krunk from from Dexter's the first new groove. <laughs> yeah, uh, the true the true form of Krunk is a giant purple um, Hulk. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, um, if you've read uh, Peter David's run on the Hulk, you probably know this, and just let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, so uh, they're going to get into a fight um, with these two different characters. I loved the power of uh, of giraffe neck uh, fish hands. Um, it's just it's it's it's. I wish I knew his name, and I wish I could see him in more fights because the ability. I'm so glad to you just don't like, know his name. He just like he's just like ripping holes in things, and I guess like bringing them to his hands and catching them and then throwing them to the ground. I guess that's how it works. He's like displacing matter. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it is a an anime movie fight, so you can kind of get the sense of the powers, but they're not going to take the time to explain them unless they are the big villain, which these guys are not. I guess so. Anyways. Um, who, who else joins the fray? Uh, doesn't Todoroki join in here? Todoroki joins in. He, so he was, 
I believe the way it goes is all of them are hiding, and then Kirishima and Bakugo just kind of pop right in, and then of course Bakugo goes nuts, and then Todoroki decides to kind of jump in on the uh, the whole fight with it, and you mm-hmm. know help out you know all of them. So, it does what does he yeah. do? He joins because he doesn't want them to get hurt or something? No, it's because Kirishima gets hurt. And he's trying to help Kirishima out. So he's like, uh-oh, I gotta just react and, and help him out. So he throws out, you know, his ice wall to... Uh, yeah. Okay. The the main characters are going to escape to another floor. Um, meanwhile, this battle is going to continue um, with, uh, with everybody except for Kirishima. <laughs> because Kirishima is going to be knocked across the battlefield immediately, almost... And gets stuck in a wall, which we'll later find out. The only reason he's stuck in the wall is because his idiot brain wasn't like, hey, turn off your powers <laughs> for like two seconds, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love the way that uh, that that he ends up winning against Giraffe Neck Guy um, is that he figures out that he is displacing... Um, uh, displacing things instead of actually uh, just ripping holes and stuff. Um, and he ends up hitting, he, he ends up letting his arm get hit and his sweat on his arm. When he like pulls up, he's like, what's this water on my hand? And he's like, oh yeah, that's my sweat. It's like nitroglycerin. And then Todoroki just lights him up. It's dope. It's a good combo move too, which is a little atypical for Bakugo at this point. And yeah, because, uh, yeah. because Bakugo just wants to be the, the, sh- the star of the show. Yeah. And he wants everybody yeah. to get out of his way. Yeah, is that is that what his? Uh, I know he's used his like grenade arm things on his suit before, um, but isn't one of the things on his his grenade arm suit thing that is is it storing up his sweat? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. So with the with the grenades with his uh, whatever you want to call him his arm extensions, um, it stores all of the sweat, and then. It's kind of like a trigger mechanism that when he pulls the uh, the grenade pin, um, then it concentrates it in that shell, and then it launches out, you know, the the blast. Yeah, so That's basically really it cool. allows him to to blast it in a way that he couldn't on his own and at a higher dosage. Um. So next up. They're going to try and go further up the tower because they've dealt with these guys. Yeah, they can't take the elevator, though, so they have to take literally too many stairs. They have to go to the 138th floor of this building. Actually, like 180th, I guess, um, of the building. And they they get to, like, level... Uh, they, they've gotten to, like, level 80 by this point, and they have to just keep on going up more stairs. And then a new challenger is going to approach, which is... A fuck ton of robots. <laughs> uh, these are the. Oh. Go ahead. I was just going to say these are the sentry robots that have been taken over by the villains, and they're going to come and try to wrap everybody up. Yeah. So I love this next sequence where um, where you have your favorite character attacking them with his his ability. <laughs> Who's my favorite character? Oh, he uses, he, 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 uh, 
did they did they do that before this where uh where she pulls out um like a a a sheet that's just like prevents electricity from going through it so when yeah in the in the anime i think it was maybe either towards the end of the first season or right into the second season it's the end of the first season when the villains invade the domed the, area. the, the dome training area so mm. it was momo who thought of the idea like hey you know we're gonna create or i'm gonna create this blanket that's gonna cover you know jiro and i and you're just gonna go all crazy because you can't really control your powers right now you just a big giant lightning blast instead of Mm. a focused you know lightning rod so she just went ahead and did that and she you know, it's kind of like far into the anime where you kind of know their powers and their their abilities and stuff. But I'm going to say that this movie is, you know, you, you would have to watch at least season one in order to watch this this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, sure. it, it has a lot of things inside of it that you... It, it's it's really it's really like uh you know non-gross fan service for people that have been all in that just want to see their favorite characters do a fun new adventure um i i love that he he uses his electrical powers and like it doesn't yeah. do anything and he's like all right i'm gonna go all out and it still and doesn't it, do and anything like, Uh-oh. <laughs> it's like don't do it and it was like uh, no too late it's like, all right, here we go. Now we got an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> now we've got an idiot. Just, that should just be the name yeah. of our podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so uh, after that, uh, they are going to um, they are going to leave these robots and let part of the party escape, while the other part of the party continues to fight against these robots. Um, they are going to end up catching more robot robots. Um, then uh, after finally starting to slow those down. Um, they turn those robots uh, into slow bots. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how they do it. Um, <laughs> they, they, uh, get to a part of the tower, um, where it is just Deku and Melissa, and they have to figure out how to get from where they are all the way up to the very top of the building. Um, and the way that they need to do this apparently, um, is, uh, by, uh, jumping with uh, another character's power, and I, I genuinely forgot that she was here until just this moment. <laughs> wow! You, you forgot you forgot about Uravity. She just she just disappears into the background for me all the time. She's like <laughs> number two or number three waifu, is my understanding. After She's... Froppy and maybe Momo. Yeah, mm. Fra- Froppy and Momo are I think on the top, and then. After that, then Uraraka is kind of mm. like the next. Yeah. Well, she's going to use her ability um, to make Deku and Melissa lift off so they can get to the very top of the tower. Um, and did anybody else have a flashback to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in this moment? Where they were like <laughs> flying around a bunch of fans? Yeah. Uh, a little true. bit, Yeah. <laughs> They also um, a, they do a good job of uh, instilling tension in this moment because Ochako is using her power to lift them, but she has to keep the power going 
in order for them to continue lifting as high as they need to go, which is a bit of a ways, and they are so high up that if they fall, it is bad news bears. And uh, however, all of these robots are attacking, and so there's a time crunch. It's a good sequence. Yeah. Um, my The weirdest one was the, uh, the moment where they were like, um, we we need to push you higher, and so they use uh, his fire ability. I I can't remember if it's Todoroki or Bakugo, um that shoots it's... into it, but it creates like a a a flame vortex that shoots them higher. And I was just like, I don't think that's how fire works. I think it it's... would shoot fire out the other side. <laughs> it's 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 Todoroki. Yeah, who, there's who no fucking out. way that Bakugo would do that. <laughs> he would just blow up the fans. He wouldn't. He yeah. wouldn't shoot anything. He was just like boom, and then it would be like, all right, we're we're kind of screwed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, Deku is going to get to the very top. He is going to uh, break in. Um, he is going to uh, uh, immediately find out that they they can start to turn off these uh, the array that's there. Melissa's able to do that. Um, but the, the worst part in this moment is, uh, you're going to find out that somebody is evil and you didn't expect it unless you've ever seen any anime movie. (laughs) Kind of evil. So, well, I, look, I'm, I still hold that. uh, I still hold that. Okay. The person, the person that's doing the bad thing, it turns out is Melissa's father. Um, you know. Um, it's David. All Might's good friend David, um, and also his David, who is actually David. Where is his luggage? <laughs> All right. So what is his what is his henchman guy's name again? Because he turns out to actually be a villain. Like, um, oh God, what is his name? I don't I, remember. I forget. We're just gonna call him Igor because I don't know his name. Yeah. So Igor uh, or whatever his name is. Um, maybe Steven or Sean or something, something with an S. Um, he is going to reveal that they were trying to get um, his uh, his invention back, David's invention. The invention that he created um, ends up uh, amplifying the powers of whoever is wearing it with a quirk. Um, and he created this and wanted it back because it was taken from him. But he needed to get it back because he knows that his friend All Might is dying without his quirk. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was taken for him because it was created on the island and everything mm-hmm. created on the island. It's like a collective. So if you create it there, it belongs to the island. And uh, I don't remember if it was that they hadn't figured out how to mass produce it or if they had decided that it was too dangerous or whatever. But it has not been released since its creation. And they want to get yeah. it back. And David wants to get it back essentially because he thinks that All Might needs it in order to keep being the symbol of peace, which is possibly true. And yeah. uh, so he wants it. He wants it for good reasons. But he has like if we didn't say this already, he is the one who hired and helped organize the villains attacking and taking over. And the reason they were able to get onto the island and do all of this so quickly and easily and without detection is partly because David helped them figure out where they needed to go and organize their plans and stuff like that. Yeah. This is, uh, Although this is the part he actually, I guess part of the reveal too, is that he intended to hire actors to play villains. And these guys are actual villains. And that's a big twist as well. 
Yeah, and it, it turns out that the reason that they're villains is because this, uh, you know, Igor is going to betray David, um, and he is going to give away his master creation to. And I'm I'm gonna say this because I feel it, and I felt it when I watched the movie. We're yeah. stepping into an X Men comic book because this is just yeah. Magneto, like <laughs> right. Yep. Oh, I I thought it was Magneto like right away. I was like, all right, metal bending almost or metal yeah. manipulation. It's, yeah, it is. Magnetism uh, does whatever you need it to do. He's <laughs> he's Silver Age Magneto. <laughs> it's almost certainly an intentional nod to Magneto, and yeah. uh, the um, I thought the Igor twist was great. Actually, like. The David twist was not that twisty because I have also seen anime before. And I was just like, okay, this is one of the ways it could have gone and it's going this way. And sure. And he's like, yeah, I wanted to get my thing back. But then the fact that like he was trying to not have anybody get hurt, hire some actors who were not really villains. And then Igor turned it on his head because he had his own motivations and saw an opportunity in this moment with David and the motivations of Igor are much more sinister or at least have become twisted in that way because um, for David, like I said, he wants to get his invention back because his friend needs it and he no longer feels like it's okay for it to be locked away because of this need. And because mm-hmm. he knows that All Might is a good dude who's not going to abuse it. But yeah. Igor wants to get it because he, they made a thing that is very powerful and revolutionary and they haven't been able to do anything with it. And his pride as part of the team that invented this is hurt. And so he wants to get it back so he can do with it as he pleases. And he has turned to villainy to do this. And I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite moment out of this though, is that Magneto, instead of using magnet powers to take down these two people that don't, have quirks or if they have quirks it's not uh, readily available um with david and igor um he just shoots them with a gun <laughs> yeah i mean it's I'm a metal like, gun but you know <laughs> yeah shoots I mean, them, I shoots them like, multiple times yeah he's just like i'm just gonna shoot you guys and then i'm gonna take this away and then i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get in a helicopter and i'm gonna fly away um i will and, say it's uh, very villainous like pointing a gun at somebody's face with no remorse is a real tense moment and it works and not yeah not only that just to go along with that point they probably you know magneto probably just knew all right these guys are powerless or quirkless so shooting them with a gun they're not going to be able to stop me whereas if i go ahead and i try to shoot somebody like todoroki for instance he'll just freeze the bullet or somebody who has like fast speeds like Ida or somebody who can be invisible and you don't know if you're shooting the person or not. You know, it's it's a lot easier to shoot just a human who just, you know, gets weakened because of a bullet rather than trying to shoot somebody who would actually have a quirk. Yeah, that is that is a, a much more accurate point than the way that I took it, which was just guns are evil in this movie. It's more evil if you have a gun, shoot a gun. That's what I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. True. Well, well, no, I took it that way too. It was kind of like, uh, I don't, I don't care right. about you. I'm just going to shoot you, you know? 
Yeah. So um, they are going, uh, Deku is going to break out of the metal cage that Magneto has bent around him instead of killing him, which uh, I always am like, Magneto, you could just kill them, but whatever, I guess. Um, So Deku is going to break out of this, run after the helicopter, almost pull down the helicopter, but then get thrown to the ground um, just in time for All Might to show up and knock the helicopter the hell out of the air. Yeah, and uh, this is because um, Melissa was able to undo the security takeover, which unleashed the heroes. And this is the point in the movie when I thought all of the heroes would show up and there would be this big ass like uh, Avengers endgame. Every hero ever is here, except with all these movie heroes that we don't necessarily know. Uh, but no, it's just All Might. Um, and then they get the they get the helicopter down and uh, Magneto is going to put on the supercharge me belt and he's going to get supercharged. Yeah. So, um, after he becomes supercharged, it then turns into a, like you have to fight against this thing that is suddenly becoming like a nigh, uh, a nigh unstoppable being. Um, it, it reminds me of how so many different anime movies have ended since, uh, the movie Akira came out, which is just like, <laughs> eventually one of these characters is just going to have so much power that they can't be stopped. And they're just turning into like a giant monster, um, which is happening here. Uh, the Magneto character is like, he's turned the tower into his weapon and the giant Gundam surrounding his body, basically. Yeah. So he's going to start launching parts of the tower at them and Deku and uh, all might are going to be dodging and, and batting them away. And All Might is going to have a, like, I am the hero moment where he he's rushing forward and he's smashing through everything. And Magneto is like, holy shit, he's so strong. And then he finally, at the last moment, reverses it. And when you think All Might is going to get there and punch him and end this thing, instead he gets caught uh, by the, the magnetic chains, I guess. And uh, now the heroes are on the back foot and it looks like all hope is lost. Yeah. Um, Deku is going to jump into the fray. Um, Deku is going to rally and fight to get to All Might. Um, he is going to break him out with the help of the gauntlet that he has on. Um, and then uh, All Might is finally going to get all the way to Magneto and be confronted by a new superpower, uh, a new quirk that he did not expect. Um, and this takes us to our backstory that's introduced inside of this movie which is, uh, man, so, I did not expect this to come out of there. Right. There's this guy named uh, All for One, and uh, One for All is the name of All Might's power that he's passed on to Deku, and the idea is that you are using your power for everybody, and All for One is their evil inverse and he is a guy who can, I believe, he takes powers into himself and then can dull them out as he pleases. And he is also the dude who gave All Might the injury that is slowly causing him to not be able to be a hero anymore and maybe die. Yeah. Um, can you give us a, a brief explanation of, like, uh, uh, to this point in the movie, if this is between, like, season two and season three, how much uh, information have we gotten about this villain yet? Alright, so we're talking about the whole one for all as a whole in the movie? 
Yeah, so like it right. has he, had he been introduced a lot inside of the the manga and the anime before this movie was coming out. So if we've only seen between season 2 and season 3, have 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 we gotten much of an explanation about who he is at all? About all for one a little bit. Or you talk, you you're talking about all for one, right? And you're not talking right. about the one for all part. Right. So mm. all for one is kind of thrown in there um, I'm going to say a decent amount. There's, mm-hmm. there's always this villain that's kind of lurking in the background, but right, and he's we know not... that all might was hurt by someone dangerous. Right. And there was, you know, a little bit of hinting here and there and a little bit of, you know, some kind of either foreshadowing or some, retrospect on what happened in the past through i i would say more so in the manga than in the anime because Mm -hmm. the manga definitely goes in more depth with everything um Mm. but even if you're just watching the anime alone um all for one is is definitely like sprinkled in there some and you you kind of see him more when they do the battle when they do their first battle their first encounter now, yeah, at, at the timing in the movie, it seems like that has not happened yet. It's not. So if we're comparing it to the movie, um, if I recall, I think the reactions of the people that know about All for One seem surprised, like, uh-oh, it's All for One, but don't seem surprised at the same time. Well, I yeah. guess it would have to be before the fight with All for One in the anime because that also reveals All Might's secret. So it's got to be before that. Right. So if, yeah. if we're trying to place this movie into like the timeline, it's where you're hearing about All for One, you don't quite see All for One. And it's definitely where there's development happening in the background but you don't mm. quite get like full fledged, like here he is. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think it's really interesting that, that he, they're so taken aback by the fact that he just has two quirks. Like it, immediately when he reveals that he has a secondary quirk, um, all might, is just like, Oh God, why does he have two quirks? And it's just like, it springs to mind. Like I know exactly what he is doing and why he is doing it. Um, and then, you know, Evil, evil villain Magneto is not evil villain Magneto if he doesn't exposition some and tell All Might what is happening actually in the background. Welcome um, to die! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the end of the fight um, happens with uh, uh, Magneto turning a basically the entire top of the tower into a giant cube um, and throwing this giant cube at All Might and Deku. All Might and Deku are going to do a team-up ability of... I, I, I think they're both um, Delaware Smashes, right? Um, it was... And, w- was it Delaware Smash or was it Detroit yeah. Smash? It oh. might be Detroit Smash. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think it was I think it was Tag Team uh, Detroit Smash is what they said in their minds together as if they... You know, because they're all for one. Um, or well, also, anyway. side note, isn't the reason that All Might uses American words for his smash attacks because 
he came up in America as we saw at the beginning of this movie? I think it was... So, alright, with that, I don't think it's fully explained yet, and it was some thought into it. Whenever he does any of his smashes, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but the bigger the place that he mentions, the more power there is in that attack. Oh my god, oh, yeah. I never knew what the difference was, because I so know when that he says, eventually there's a United States. So when he says mm-hmm. when he says Detroit Smash, that's not as powerful as Texas Smash. Oh. Right, so... Oh my god. This just broke my brain <laughs> that I didn't realize this. It's bad. also kind of like... This is like an explanation, too, of just like, maybe this is how he reminds himself of how much power to exert. Oh, like with Deku right. thinking in percentages. Right, well, see, yeah. that's how Deku, because Deku was just kind of thrown into it. Like, he's like, all right, eat this, here's my power. And then he had to figure out how to control his power and figure mm-hmm. out, like, oh, I got to break a bunch of bones and go to the nurse all the time and get fixed. But then he learned, like, all right, I got to go to, like, 30% power, 10% power, whatever. Right. So with with all, for, with, uh, with all Might, he went ahead and, you know... I, that's what my theory is, that he came up with those different things. And if you watch the anime, the movies, and you read the manga, whenever he says all those different smashes, like Texas Smash or Detroit Smash or whatever, you'll notice how powerful it is. And then you look at the physical, like the we're talking about real-life world, like we actually travel to these places if you think about how big those places are populated or physical size, then you would know kind of that correlation between those two things. Mm. Oh yeah, my that God. Is, yeah. That is a, a great explanation of it. And I'm just kind of like, how did I not think of this? Anyways, they defeat the well, man is what we're trying to say. The, there's also <laughs> a, a cool section. The fight has like the other heroes from one a show up. And that mm-hmm. is great. And it real puts a smile on your face. And then it was like, yeah. the end. Congratulations. Yeah. The, well, there is there is a dope-ass moment, because part of the heart of this movie is David is afraid for the world, because All Might is deteriorating, and he's deteriorating faster than they expected. And... All Might hasn't told him this, but it's because he passed his power on to Deku and he has a successor. But David doesn't know that. And that that is part of what leads David to instigating the plot of this film. And there is this really sick moment at the end when Deku does a, a smash move and helps to finally defeat the villains. And David looks up and sees Deku and then it... it replaces Deku with an image that we saw earlier in the film of All Might in his prime. And David Mm. smiles, and you can see that he realizes what's going on, and he realizes that everything is going to be okay, and he didn't need to worry about all of this and also, you know, cause all this problem, all these these problems. But, like, his fears are unfounded, and things will be all right. And it's great. And that's honestly the heart of My Hero Academia, is just the, like these reserves of optimism and and uh belief in the future and stuff like that that just bring 
you know, they sort of move you to smiling while you're watching My Hero Academia. And this movie ends on that note. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, but when you get the chance to watch the second movie, um, there is a lot of big things that happen, especially with Deku. Um, and there's more of a focus on the students than on like the teachers. So hmm. in this movie, and I'm just kind of pointing this out because, you know, I, I watched both and you guys only watched the one. Um, right, because unfortunately, Heroes Rising was in theaters, and right. so hard to find now that uh, theaters are shut down. Right. So, just to tell you this, which again, it's really not a spoiler at all. So, I'm just letting you guys know that in the Two Heroes movie, the focus was a mixture of the students, but more so on Deku and All Might. So it was just kind of more backstory on All Might. I would say a good 40% was kind of focused on him, and then a bunch was on Deku, and then the rest was on the students. In the Heroes Rising movie, the second movie, there's, I'm going to say, a very good spread on just all of the students from 1A with a decent percentage taking up with Deku and Bakugo. You know, they they kind of get a little bit more of the face time with a little bit next on line of Todoroki and then the rest of the students, but at least all the students kind of get face time. So that's okay. that's something that, to to look for makes, in the next movie. So it makes sense based on the name of the film too because the, right. with two heroes Deku and All Might are the two heroes, right? And mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that that's what's being referred right. to. Right, and with the with, the and so with Rise, Heroes Rising, it would make sense. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Rising Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, so let's do spoiler reviews. And uh, I I'd like to go first because it sounds like my review is maybe the most negative go ahead so (laughs) i will say i did like it i thought it was a really fun movie um but i would say that uh one of the things that i look forward to in a shonen anime movie is the super high quality dope ass fights um so i i have many memories of watching naruto movies and getting those really well animated really fluid movement anime fights that you get sometimes but not always in naruto Um, that's the sakuga that we were just talking about in our most recent naruto episode and weirdly my hero academia is already made at such a high level that this didn't to me feel like it was any higher production quality or better animation than any normal episode of the show. And Mm. because the show also weaves in an excellent plot full of thematic catharsis, and this movie is largely extra canonical and therefore cannot in any demonstrable way advance the plot outside of the... 
uh, anime and manga itself, I felt that this was actually a weirdly lighter fare. Like the battles didn't carry as much emotional weight and the characters didn't have as much going on behind the reason they were fighting and the moves they made in those fights. So in a very traditional anime movie or shown in anime movie way, this fits and it's really good. It has a lot more plot and a lot more characterization than a lot of those films do. And it is in no way bad. But ironically, the quality of the show is so high that it detracted from the movie for me in a way that it wouldn't have if the show weren't such high quality. So it's a good review, but it is just a really surprising thing that I found. Yeah. So for me, I think that the overall, I'm going to say I would give it maybe like a 3.75 out of 5. So it wasn't quite like a four-star or even, you know, the five-star kind of rating. Um, I did feel that when I watch an anime or read the manga, you know, you kind of expect certain quality, and then once the movie comes out, especially if it's a juggernaut, I'm talking like One Piece and Fairy Tale and Naruto and, you know, My Hero Academia, where they're, they're making like billions of dollars out of it, you would think that they would dump a lot of money into a movie because... Any anime fan, especially the fan of the show or the whole thing itself, would eat it all up. Once an OVA gets mentioned, once a movie gets mentioned, or a video game or whatever else that they can be an extension of the series comes out, people eat it up. Almost always. I'm not saying everybody is like this, but I'm just going to sum it up as... I've noticed that a majority of people tend to do that. And for them to have the quality that they did, I'm not saying it was bad, but it could have definitely gone up a few more notches. And I'll also say that my experience with the second movie, um, watching it in in, in theaters, added to the experience... And when you guys watch that second movie, you will notice a difference in how that movie was made than the two heroes movie was made. Mm, so you, you will notice that the characters are, you know, well drawn and everything. The animations as well as the whole scenery. I, I think that you'll notice a lot more details in the scenery, background scenery. Um, attention to detail with just very minor things to more major things are in the second movie more so than the first. Okay, so you're, so, you're saying that the, the second movie is a, a noticeable step up, but that this one's still it, pretty good. It is a step up, and I'm... So I'm even going to say this, too. So, again, the 3.75 stars out of 5 is what I'm going to give the rating for the the Two Heroes movie. Again, overall, it did have a a decent plot, easy to follow, and, you know, it did introduce the majority of the characters that people like. The other thing I'll kind of throw in there, too, is a few favorite characters. You would think that they would put in more, like Froppy, but they didn't. 
Um, you know, and I understand trying to work all of these different characters in, but you will see that, again, all the characters get worked in with the second movie than the first. And even with, even with that said, with that overall experience that I've had with both movies, um, the movies that people talk about with, you know, the, the whole anime subculture and different anime movies, you know, uh, there's there's even bigger movies with even more animation styles that people tend to gravitate towards more. And I don't know if you guys try to compare kind of one thing to another, but, you know, it, it definitely has a different kind of animation style. Mm. And that's kind okay. of how I look at anime movies is having a different anime style where you will recognize like all right that is like Inuyasha or that is you know Sailor Moon or that is whatever movie that you're going to be watching or show that, that you're going to be watching That is Taichi Yagami. Right. But but it you know that just by watching it it's a movie, you know, and you didn't really yeah. get that you did not get that kind of vibe or feeling that two heroes that's the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you took a screenshot from two heroes, you would not be. It would not be weird for you, or even a GIF. You wouldn't think that like, if you thought that was an episode, it wouldn't be weird. Whereas like, right. if you took it from another series, you'd be like, that's clearly the movie. There's so much going into this. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I agree yeah. With that. Yeah. I. I think. I think I'm sort of on the the same page as both of you. Is that I. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, it gave me uh, two of my favorite random villains from the My Hero universe, uh, Giraffe Neck and uh, Missile Arm Guy. Um, but it it also left me uh, kind of going like, oh, you could have you could have done more with this. Like uh, sometimes there's it looks like recycled footage, um, and I'm just like, mm, y'all don't y'all don't usually do this inside of the show. And it was mostly with the robots, and it's just like the robots, and they were robots attacking again in the same way. And I was just like, oh, okay. But I would say again, it sounds like honestly, all three of us are agreeing that the animation quality isn't as high as it could be. But again, I think that's less a cause of the animation quality not being high and more a cause of the animation quality of the show being so high that they yeah. didn't really raise it to get high quality animation, but they True. then didn't really raise it and we noticed right yeah well uh which is anyways. a pretty good problem to have yeah i guess so um anyways uh so that is our coverage of uh two heroes the my hero academia movie number one i think it's the first one right um first yeah. one and yeah um uh and can you go ahead more. and remind <laughs> remind our listeners uh, where they can find you if they're interested in following you or checking out your uh your stuff so Every social media platform that you can ever think of, I am Mr. Anime Random. So YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Discord, you you name it, it's Mr. Anime Random. So check me out. Great. Um, I particularly like uh, you You post a random, uh, random anime. Uh, uh, I think they're like riddles almost. It's like four four different things about the anime and trying to figure it out. Um, I didn't figure out one was Cowboy Bebop and I, I, I still feel shame about it to this day. 
Yeah, I I felt the shame right through the uh through my phone too for you. Just to, if it makes you feel any better. So I was like, Does oh, it it's my favorite anime. I didn't catch it. <laughs> Turns out I'm an idiot. Anyways, um, we stick we with us. This. this has been established. Whatever. Stick with us after the credits, and we will uh, talk about what's going on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcast from. And hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we are returning to our regularly scheduled programming with Hunter x Hunter episodes 112 through 116. Yeah, regular scheduled program. We got to get back to actually watching normal old anime from years ago instead of new and current recent anime. <laughs> all, right, all right, you can. Uh, th- this is the show. This is the show. <laughs>